Today's episode of the WAC Podcast is brought to you by Hercules Tires, the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference. Now here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Rachel Hill. Welcome into the WAC Podcast, Eric Danner and Rachel Hill coming at you on this Thursday after, or Thursday morning, actually, it's not even afternoon, with some very surprising news that we found out yesterday, Commissioner Jefford for the Western Athletic Conference is stepping down. He is. We just had him on the show last week. Uh, he had an opportunity to give us the scoop, but obviously wanted to uh, tell people in his own way. Yeah. Uh, told the WAC staff yesterday, and it's on our website, social media, that he is uh, stepping down effective January 1. And what a uh, what a ride it's been for Jeff. I'm sure we'll have him on before uh, January 1 again, but yep. uh, he, he's been with the WAC for 37 years, including the last 10 years as commissioner, and nobody's seen the uh, peaks and valleys in this conference uh, more than Jeff. So we wish him well. Yeah. Obviously, he's not going anywhere just yet, but uh, he, he will be in the not too distant future and 50 years in uh, college athletics, too. So he's he's really devoted a big chunk of his life to this profession. That's crazy to think about. And yeah, we obviously will wish him the best. He's not gone yet. We still have a lot more time and we'll definitely have him on the podcast, but maybe he can get the vacations planned after January 1. You know, uh, I, I might plan a few before January 1 yeah, if I was never, Jeff. But... Right? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Got those plane tickets, get ready to go. So hopefully, but yeah, of course we wish him the best of luck in whatever his next future holds. But let's talk about new schools are finally official here. Football is back in the whack. We've been talking about it. it seems like all summer but it's now official and july 1 was the official date and we put out all the social media postings including one with jeff putting up the new yep. logos here in the WAC office and we're very excited to have our new members abilene christian lamar university sam houston state and stephen f austin state university and they, they bring a lot to the table rachel and all of a sudden guess what the WAC has more texas schools in Texas uh, than any division one conference in the country, more than the big 12, more than the Southland. So six in Texas starting next year, Rachel, we have three in Utah, Southern Utah will be coming into the WAC. Mm -hmm. So nine schools within the States of, of Utah and Texas. And those are the two fastest growing States in the nation. And then, you know, you look at, at uh, you know, where else, you know, Phoenix, Arizona, obviously a, a place with a lot of growth and uh, New Mexico, um, uh, California, Washington. So we're, we're in some pretty good spots there. If you want to travel, come to the WAC. That's all I got to say. That's right. Lots of traveling going on. And then we're going to have Marlon Edge on the podcast in a little bit. But one of the big storylines throughout the NCAA and practically the world right now is this name image likeness going on with NCAA athletes now, how they can make money based off of their likeness. We talked about this last week on the show, and we weren't quite sure when this would take effect if it would take effect, how it would look, yeah. and and what we'll have a very insightful conversation with Marlon Edge in our final segment today. But it's it, it was right out of the box, Rachel. Twelve oh one, we started seeing student athletes endorsing products. I mean, and you talk about trying to wrap your mind around that after what you know the rules have been for the last hundred years in the NCAA. It was uh, pretty pretty interesting, and it wasn't just Power Five football players, women's basketball, yeah. different divisions. So, you know, student athletes now have an opportunity to make some money off of their name, image, and likeness. And I know that was like one of the major topic or like talking points about this is that the football players, the men's basketball players are really going to benefit, but for it to be right out of the gate, be women's basketball players who signed the first deal. We've been seeing just a lot of athletes overall, not just those main sports, but swimming and diving as well. I've seen a couple of them signed. So it's cool to see that for them, but now there's 
a lot of gray area, it feels like. And we'll talk about that when we have Marlon on the podcast in a little bit. Yeah, so many questions. And uh, we, we even had more questions, but it's <laughs> yeah. that there's really no answers to them uh, just yet. And each state's going to have different laws and, and you know, what's going to be allowed or not allowed. And mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I mean, we've heard this argument for years and years that, you know, schools have been benefiting from their student athletes. Obviously, they get scholarships and, and other incentives. But uh, now that they are able to uh, put a little money in their pocket, uh, having been college students ourselves before that, that's a big deal when you have, you know, if you don't have money to, to go out to eat or, or whatever. Have time to get a job either. Right. Because you know, being a student athlete is a full time job, pretty much. It so is. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out in the next coming years. But let's also talk about the MLB draft coming to Denver this Sunday. That's crazy to think about. It is uh, July 11th. Now, the MLB draft used to be at the beginning of June, mm -hmm. got moved this year to July. Of course, last year, there was only five rounds. Nick Gonzalez, yep. who we had uh, talked to several times, uh, wound up going in the top 10. This year, uh, another now that Sam Houston State's in the whack, we have another uh, likely top 10 pick, Colton Kowser from Sam Houston State, uh, projected to go in the top 10. And I'm not sure exactly how the drafts, you know, like the NFL draft yeah. or the NBA draft, where they have players on site. Um, Nick, of course, you know, was during the pandemic, so they did everything remotely. Yeah. So I don't know if Colton is going to be in Denver, sure. potentially. Uh, and he's one of the highest rated college uh, draft eligible players, you know, because baseball is different where you can get drafted right out of high school. Mm -hmm. And if you do make that commitment to go to college and you have to wait till after your third year mm -hmm. of college before you can be drafted again. And that's where Colton falls into. But uh, yeah, a lot of the higher picks are expected to be right out of high school. So it'll be uh, interesting to see. And uh, with 20 rounds, I imagine, you know, on average, we usually get, you know, five or 10 whack players uh, selected during the draft. And minor league baseball is different this year too. Uh, normally these draft picks would go right to the rookie leagues, mm -hmm. um, which would be in places like Grand Junction and Billings and yeah. those places they had to start, you know, uh, they always start in April. So the rookie leagues are now going to be in Phoenix, I believe, and, and some of the spring training facilities. So it'll it'll look different. But yeah, an exciting time with the Major League Baseball draft coming up this week. And you may know the answer to this. I do not. But are they doing the same amount of rounds that they typically do? Because I know last year it was shorter. Right. It used to be 40 rounds. Mm -hmm. And last year they only did five. This year's 20. So okay. so not as many. Um so I, I think that was something Major League Baseball was looking to do because minor league baseball had become so expansive that mm -hmm. to kind of cut down on a, a little bit. So to the 20 rounds, it's still um, a lot uh, better chance of getting drafted in the major leagues mm -hmm. than you do in the NBA. If we segue into our next topic here, Fardaz Amak. Oh, yes, we do have Fardaz Amak. He'll be joining <laughs> us shortly here on the podcast. And he withdrew his name from the NBA draft. But we'll see him back in Orem, which will be definitely excited. I'm excited to sit down and talk. Eric actually told me a fun fact right before <laughs> is that he's an I want a vegan diet, which is crazy to think about. So excited to sit down and chat with him. Yeah. So he decided he did very well from all accounts mm -hmm. in Chicago at the pre-draft camp. And several players, if you look on social media, had their names in the NBA draft and now withdrew and, and are going back to school. Some stayed, which is so, some will be in the draft. though for a lot of players to do that. Right. And, uh, you know, for him to get that opportunity to talk to NBA teams uh, so we can see what, you know, what they told him, what they, what he needs to work on the next year yeah. so that, you know, he has a better chance of being drafted. Now the NBA 
only two rounds. So, yeah. so it's uh, pretty oh, tough God. to get uh, picked in the NBA draft. Yeah, it definitely is. But excited to sit down and chat with them, see what he was told, what improvements we may see at Utah <laughs> Valley men's basketball, but excited to have him on the podcast. Now, speaking of Utah Valley as well, they're looking for a new softball coach. They are Stacy Mae Johnson after just two seasons at mm-hmm. Utah Valley has, has gone on to Fresno state as their head softball coach. And she did a really good job uh, this past year. Of course, we only had four teams in the wax softball tournament. They were as competitive as anybody, and it was it was a really good tournament this year with, with those four schools. But uh, she had an opportunity to to already move on, so uh, I'm sure uh, Jared Sumption, the athletic director at Utah Valley, has been uh, been hiring a lot of folks uh, lately, and 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 I guess it's a good sign when you're hiring people and and other people want to hire them, maybe. Uh, you know, you want them to stay around a little longer than uh, two years, but uh, Utah Valley, definitely a very attractive job for whoever gets that next. Absolutely. And like we were just talking about, it's growing so fast in the state of Utah. So another incentive right there. We'll look forward to seeing who they get hired on for this upcoming year. And then let's also talk about the Olympics coming right <laughs> down to the crack. We're got, what, two weeks away, a week away, I believe. You know, I'd have to look that up, Rach, but uh, yeah, we have another athlete to keep an eye on, Mm -hmm. uh, an incoming freshman swimmer for New Mexico State, and we're we're guessing on the name here, so apologies on the uh, pronunciation, Lena Karaya from, uh, she's from Morocco, Mm -hmm. so she is going to be competing for her home country in the Tokyo Olympics, so that'll be pretty exciting. She's uh, represented Morocco at the 2019 World Aquatic Championships before that was in South Korea. Uh, she was also at the 2019 African Games in Morocco. So uh, pretty good uh, uh, athlete to keep an eye on. Uh, New Mexico State, of course, finished second in the WAC Championships yeah, last year. She's a 50 free and 100 freestyle. So she's a sprinter, but it's always fun to see once you see names that you're a little familiar with excited to watch them on such a big stage so we'll look forward and i know that the um, olympics actually just announced no fans no fans no really fans. yeah wow. they had a spike in covid19 cases so they made that decision no fans for this year well we'll have to watch on tv i wasn't yeah. going this year anyway. I, I wasn't going to be in tokyo either so we will continue to watch straight from our couches uh last thing we want to talk about though football preview day it's official we're headed to houston we are and it's going to be on july 28th at the woodlands uh, waterway marriott so we're very excited to be heading out there and and rachel i I know you're going to have an opportunity to talk to each head coach Mm -hmm. and each team is bringing uh, two players an offensive player and a defensive player so uh, a little get to know you with uh, the new WAC football conference. Of course, the four new Texas schools will be playing football. Abilene Christian, Lamar, Sam Houston, and Stephen F. Austin. Sam Houston State coming back as the defending national mm-hmm. champion in FCS football. And then, of course, uh, Dixie State and Tarleton both have football as well. And uh, there's going to be an alliance uh, going on there, I believe, that's still in place. So. Yep. Uh, a lot to keep track of there with WAC football for the upcoming year. So we're real excited to be heading to the Woodlands here in a few weeks. I know, just a few weeks, getting all prepped and everything for all these players and coaches, excited to sit down and talk to them. Just like we are excited for our next segment, which we're going to be talking to a Fardoff Max from Utah Valley Men's Basketball. We'll be right back with the WAC Podcast. Hercules Tires is the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference and for over 65 years has been providing tires with unbeatable quality at an unmatched value. Whatever the vehicle and whatever the terrain, Hercules Tires invites you to ride on our strength. For a retailer near you, visit HerculesTires.com. 
Welcome back to the Black Podcast. Eric Tanner, Rachel Leal coming at you. We've got a very special guest, Fardoff Amak from Utah Valley Men's Basketball. He announced he is returning, put his name into the NBA draft, has withdrawn it now, and he's going back to Orem. Fardoff, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. How hard was the decision to withdraw your name? Um, to be honest with you, it was a really tough decision. Um, I was 50, 50, um, initially, you know, I was pretty set on coming back. Uh, once I went through the couple workouts and, you know, teams really started, you know, becoming very interested. And then, you know, I had a really good pro day in front of every single team that was out there. Um, and then like right after that pro day in Chicago, everything started to vamp up and, you know, I was talking to almost every team and teams were, you know, there was a couple teams that. We're trying to, you know, keep me in it. But, um, you know, the decision was tough. But I, I know that I made the right decision um, in terms of, obviously, individual, uh, you know, status and, and the team status. So I'm very excited to come back to Orem and, and hopefully make another run at it. Fardaz, uh, when, when did you decide that you were going to put your name in the NBA hat? And how does that process work? How do they decide who goes to Chicago? Who does the workouts? Are you contacted directly by the NBA teams or by the NBA itself for the things like that? Yeah, so um, now uh, the NBA has put out a, uh, a, a situation where you can hire an NCAA certified agent. So technically, you're not, um, you're not losing eligibility when you sign with a certified agent. So the only thing is you can't accept any money. Um, but they, they do everything else that a normal agent does. Um, and they basically handle all, you know, the, the team, the team stuff, talk to the teams for you, uh, contact the teams for you. And then obviously once you get there in person, you get to talk to them in person. But um, initially, you know, I wasn't really thinking about it, but the season had ended. And then, um, you know, there, there were one or two teams that, you know, they just wanted to see me work out in person. And then I talked to my parents about it. I was like, oh, I could, you know, it could be a good, you know, fun little process. And then, you know, once I put my name in, um, the interest just started kind of vamp up. And then uh, Chicago, you know, was a, a really fun, you know, experience for myself because, you know, it was first time ever being in front of, you know, all these teams. Like, you look to your left, you see Tom Thibodeau. You look to your right, you see Masai Ujiri and, you know, Rick Carlisle on the, on the top left. Um, and it was just crazy because I'd never been in a situation like that. And to see all those, you know, people that, you know, you grow up either watching or, you know, who you, you know, play a big part of, you know, the game of basketball. Um, I was obviously very thankful, but, you know, the, the work is not, you know, done yet. Did you feel the pressure having all of those people watching you on what seems like such a big day? Um, you know, obviously there was a little bit of, you know, anxiety, but at the end of the day, you know, you're just, you're doing what you love. I mean, if you love the game of basketball, the pressure's not really there. You know, I, I don't really see it as pressure. It was, for me, you know, I was mentally prepared. You know, I got my body ready in the last couple months. Um, so for it was just kind of like a breeze. I just went out there and just played. Now your road to uh, the the NBA workouts, uh, may, maybe not the most typical road uh, for Oz that we've seen. Uh, you're from Canada. I guess your nickname is now the Big Maple. And <laughs> you went to Mercer initially, transferred to Utah Valley. And I, I don't want to say that you surprised everyone your first year, but as your first year as a sophomore, you're, you're the WAC player of the year, the WAC defensive player of the year. Did you have an idea that your season was going to turn out like that this past year? Um, you know, obviously I want to say I did, but to be honest with you, you know, I was coming off my sit out year and, and 
the biggest, you know, uh, thing that I kept telling myself is, you know, I, I just I just need to do whatever I need to do to help our team win. And uh, for me, uh, obviously, you know, Mark Madsen and the rest of the coaching staff put me in a great position to succeed, um, you know, whether that was offensively or defensively. Um, a lot of the credit goes to them. Like, I wouldn't, you know, I'd be lying if I just, you know, was up here saying, you know, my whole sit-out year was because of me and, you know, this and that. Like, I really didn't know how to shoot a proper jump hook you know, until I got to Utah Valley. Mark taught me that. Uh, he taught me a bunch of things, and, and I'm very grateful for, you know, him and, and the staff. And um, that was, you know, he was the biggest reason why I chose to come here. And obviously, you know, it's, it's paying off now. And, and I, I trusted him, trusted him, and, I, and I'm going to continue to trust him. Looking forward now as we move into this next season, what feedback did you get that you can apply to this next year? Yeah, so um, a lot of the feedback was uh, – you know, bringing my turnovers down. That, that was one thing they really wanted to see. Um, and then really just being uh, more more vocal. Like one thing they want to see is, is a five-man, is a big, um, you know, to, to control the paint. Um, you know, there's times this year where, you know, I was a little bit quiet on defense. I wouldn't talk much, but that's one thing they really want to see because from a, from a skill point, you know, I've had a couple of GMs tell me, like, you're, you're, you're there. Uh, you know, body-wise, you know, right there. Um, and it's just, you know, now it's like fine-tuning up the little things, you know, becoming a better leader, um, doing all the little stuff. Because, you know, if you're trying to go play in the NBA, you're not going in as a, you know, I, I mean, myself, I'm not going in as a LeBron James where I'm playing, you know, 40 minutes a game. Uh, I got to know my role. I got to know what I'm going to come in and do. You know, that's play hard, you know, rebound the ball, play physical, and, and, and that's what I'm going to do. Before it does, we were talking in our earlier segment, the Major League Baseball draft is coming up this this week in Denver. We happen to be in Denver. And there's 20 rounds in the MLB draft, only two rounds in the NBA draft, and that's going to be later this month. What is it that uh, will make you stand out, do you think, next year to make teams uh, want to take Fardaz Amac in the NBA draft? Um, obviously, I, I think, you know, the biggest thing for me is going to be, you know, helping our team win. I think, you know, making the NCAA tournament is a big key. Um, you know, they, they value guys that know how to win, have won, and know what it is to be in a winning culture. So that's definitely one thing that, you know, uh, you know we have to do this year, um, obviously win games. Um, you know, we were right there last year. I think, you know, our lack of experience, you know, took over at the end uh, to a really good New Mexico State team that, you know, knocked us off. But, um, you know, last year is last year, you know, player of the year, defense player, of the year, all that stuff, you know, it's in the past now. It's, you know, we got a revamped whack with a lot of really good teams coming in. And, you know, I'd be lying if I were to say, you know, it's going to be a cakewalk. You know, it's not going to be a cakewalk. You know, teams are going to be really good um, game planning. And, 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 you know, they want to win as bad as we want to win. So we, we have to do all the little things and, and try and uh, try and come out on top. Speaking of those new teams, how excited are you to have some fresh competition in the WAC? I'm very excited. I mean, I watched a couple of those teams play in the tournament last year. Um, and, you know, I, I initially I didn't know. Like, I remember I was watching uh, I was watching Smack on Texas, I think. And uh, it was Evelyn Christian, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, you know, I was, I was calling uh, one of my teammates. And I was like, these guys are amazing defensively. Like, Texas is a top, you know, 10 team in the country right now. They can't get anything on offense. And um, he was like, yeah, they're drawing a conference next year. And I didn't even know. And I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Like, we're going to have a really good conference next year. Um, and I don't know who they 
return. But obviously, um, you know, that, that's a winning culture right there. They're going to be really good, um, along with, you know, the couple other teams that have joined. I mean, it looks like we're going to be staying in Texas most of the time. So I'm, I'm not complaining about that. We're talking with Fardaz Amak, the WAC Men's Basketball Player of the Year and Defensive Player of the Year, and the winner of the Joe Kearney Award. Uh, congratulations, Fardaz, on that. That goes to the top athlete, male athlete and female athlete in the entire conference. So not just basketball, I got to imagine that makes you feel pretty good. Yeah. I mean, you know, I had seen it uh, come out and um, I had texted our athletic director and I was like, there's another one. Like, I'm, <laughs> I don't, I don't need any more, <laughs> but obviously, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm very thankful um, that, you know, I was recognized for that. Um, but like I said, you know, that's, that stuff's in the past now. Like, it's, it's a new season, you know, teams are getting ready now. It's summertime. Uh, teams are grinding, you know, trying to, trying to uh, prepare for next season. So, you know, my focus is now, you know, I'm back to school. Uh, I'm getting ready and, and, you know, trying to lead our squad to get some wins and hopefully make a run. Lots of new here in the WAC, but I know for you as well, you have a new diet that you've started. Yeah. Yeah. Plant-based. <laughs> That's impressive. It's, uh, I was going to say, I have no idea how you could possibly go vegan. It's, it's impressive. I wish I could do it. Yeah. I mean, initially, you know, um, that was kind of one thing, you know, a lot, like I was about 265 right when the season had ended. And I knew that this summer was going to be very vigorous in terms of working out and, you know, training and, you know, I want to keep my ankles and knees fresh and everything. And obviously me being 6'11", like, you know, 265 is a lot of weight to move around. So I did a lot of research, um, and, you know, I tried it out and it really worked for myself. Um, I mean, I'm down to about 238, 239 right now. Um, you know, I'm just kind of, you know, a diff not a different player, but, you know, moving much more different, like flying up and down the court, you know, getting off the ground really well. So um, it's, it was really tough at first. You know, I love meat. I love chicken. I love steak. Um, and you know, like the ice cream and stuff, obviously all the dairy stuff is really tough, but you know, it's, it's worked out well for me. Um, I'm probably going to end up going pescatarian during the season just because it's, it's really tough to, you know, prep everything yourself. Um, you know, all the, cause you got to eat a lot. Uh, you got to eat a lot cause most of the plant-based stuff is low in calories, but, um, it's, it's definitely, uh, something I would recommend, you know, everybody try if, if they want to kind of switch it up. <laughs> And pescatarian, uh, Fardaz, I'm, I'm an older guy, so I'm not, is that the chicken <laughs> included or what, what does pescatarian mean? Uh, just seafood. Seafood. Fish. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it yeah. was chicken. So I learned something new today as well. <laughs> Can you walk us through, I'm interested to hear what your daily meal plan right now looks like. So obviously this morning I woke up, um, I had some oatmeal, some almond milk, had a protein shake, a vegan protein shake. I came and worked out. Uh, now I'm about to go get some food, um, probably some sort of like vegan pasta. Um, a lot of my protein comes from either my protein shakes or from like uh, a lot of like lentils, beans, you know, spinach, broccoli, a lot of that type of stuff. Um, and it, it's funny because initially you think of protein, you think, you know, chicken, meat, this and that. But like, the you know the the research obviously shows that like a lot of this stuff you know they're just the middleman you know like you're not eating the the thing where they're getting the protein from so that's one thing you know that I started realizing my body has felt great since then um I, I'm I'm trying to you know stick to it but 
you know, during the season, I think uh, it's going to be tough to go straight, you know, plant-based just because games are going to be tough and, and you, you need that protein. So I'm going to take that from the fish. You know, it's, it's, it's obviously, you know, it's good for you, but um, I, I've loved it so far. No complaints with that. Uh, Fardaz, I, I know uh, losing that, that weight, uh, I would imagine you're probably running faster, maybe jumping a little higher, but uh, as far as when you're in Chicago, you know, when you're 265, it's pretty hard to move you off the block. It, it, was, was that different at all for you, having having less weight when you're posting up or when, when you're playing defense? And does um, the, the, the honestly, vertical leap and the speed maybe make up for that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think that stuff makes up for it. So, I mean, obviously my matchup was, you know, uh, uh, the big kid from OSU. Um, and, I mean, he's, you know, about the same size, you know, same, same type of build. Um, but, like, I just think it just – you know, you lose a little bit of strength on the block, maybe, but honestly, like your, your moves are so much quicker, like you're facing up and you're able to get past guys. So you don't really have to, you know, bang, bang as much. Um, you're kind of using your speed and quickness. And then once you get to your spot, if you can elevate and you elevate, you can try and score right over them. And that's one thing, you know, it's, it's helped me out a ton. And, um, uh, you know, I'm going to probably get back. I'm trying to get back up to about 250. I think 250 is perfect. Um, you know, about 250. And, and stay at 250, um, you know, stay at the body fat percentage that I'm at. That's another thing that, you know, has gone down a ton. I'm about 7.5% body fat. So, Oof. you know, it's, it's, been, it's been crazy, like going down from, you know, when we had played New Mexico State in Las Vegas, I was 18.5%, gone down almost, you know, 11%, which is, you know, a big, a big deal, you know, for myself. So I'm very excited for, for what's to come. Well, we're excited as well. Thank you so much for hopping on. I know you just got done with practice, so we appreciate the time. And we obviously can't wait to see you play this upcoming season. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, that is Fardaz Amak, defending WAC Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, and Joe Kearney Award winner. When we come back, we're going to talk with Marlon Edge. A very interesting conversation about NIL. You're listening to the WAC Podcast. We would like to thank our sponsors of the WAC Podcast, Hercules Tires and Adidas. Now, back to Eric and Rachel. Welcome back to the Wack Podcast. Eric Tanner and Rachel Hill with a very special guest, a very busy man, actually. It seems like all the time with COVID and everything happening. Marlon Edge, the Associate Commissioner of Compliance and Governance. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How you doing? Good. Good. So I mentioned that it seems like in this COVID year, it has been crazy for you. While a lot of us slowed down our work, it seems like yours just increased crazily. Mm-hmm. Uh, how would you describe this past year for your your career. Uh, uh, can you guys hear me? Actually, good? yeah, move that up a little bit closer there, I got there, you. I got you. There you go. All right. Uh, if I can sum it up in one word, that's chaos. Um, absolute chaos. Uh, just the most hectic time in my career um, in the business. Uh, just if I can kind of frame it up a little bit, it's you know, on, on a normal day, you know, both nationally and, and, and within the conference, there's always this big list of, of topics that, uh, you know, you're always considering uh, getting a feel for. And um, it, so I can bring it back to our membership and, and put it in front of them, have them consider it and um, really come up with a conference position on a lot of these things, right? So with uh, COVID, all that came to a stop. It just, the focus completely shifted to COVID-19 and uh, how the NCAA uh, conference offices and, and member institutions, how, if, 
how and even if they could continue to conduct business. And uh, so that was the focus over the last part of probably what about 16 months now. So um, it's, it's, it's just been just a whole bunch of chaos there. Um, I couldn't imagine from just from March of 2020, sitting in that meeting room with ADs and, and presidents from our schools um, and watching the decision being made to actually uh, cancel the men's and women's basketball tournament and then subsequently canceling spring sports. Uh, watching those decisions being made from, from that point through the whole 2020-21 academic year um, and how everything came together, I, I would say it came together as well as it could have. Um, and, and, that, and that's a credit to everybody here in the conference office um, and also for our, our member institutions to, to have that come together uh, as, as well as it could have, considering all the factors that were put in front of us. And Marlon, uh, we're going to touch on the, or not touch on, we're going to talk quite a bit about NIL here in a second. Just wanted to follow up with what you're just saying about how did that impact student athletes uh, that COVID year? We, we hear COVID year, um, it seems, you know, they get that extra year of eligibility, if you will, and some uh, maybe even more than that. Is that fair to say? Uh, yeah, well, you, you know, uh, initially the NCAA uh, granted the spring 2020 uh, sports student athletes uh, in, in additional year, a season of competition uh, or an extension of the eligibility if they happen to be senior student athletes at that point. So, uh, you know, moving forward to this past academic year, 2020-21, the NCAA granted uh, that, uh, that, that autonomy for institutions to be able to, to give those extra seasons of competitions and uh, extensions of eligibility to fall and winter sports student athletes. Uh, going back to, to spring, um, you know, they, they kind of left it up to institutional discretion in that regard. So uh, if institutions, you know, based on, on however they make those decisions, uh, some student athletes got an additional year of eligibility and, um, you know, added onto their clocks. So uh, benefited the student athletes uh, in, in, in a big way, um, you know, because student athletes, I mean, uh, this is why we're here, right? This is while we're in the business, the student athletes, uh, you know, were, were the ones who suffered the most and to give them back something um, to kind of end, maybe end their career or, or extend it, uh, you know, was, was, was something that the NCAA uh, did put in place. And uh, many of our institutions did uh, grant that uh, opportunity to their student athletes. You may not know the answer to this, but what percentage of the WAC student athletes or even the NCA student athletes decided to take that extra year? Do you know? I do not know, but uh, the, any exact numbers, but I do know that there was a good number within the conference as well as as well as nationally. Uh, obviously, it depends on uh, the space they have available. Uh, if they have, uh, you know, some of that, some of the financial aid numbers, if they worked out, uh, it's all dependent. And that's, you know, uh, depending on the level of, of, of financial, um, I guess, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the availability of finances for some of our institutions. So, you know, some, some, of, them, some of them have a lot, some of them not so much, but um, kind of just depends on that. But I do know a good number of, of student athletes within the conference did uh, utilize that, so. And Marlon, perhaps, I, I don't know if unintended consequences is the right term for this, but with so many seniors taking that extra year or getting that year back, which obviously is fair to them because they missed out on that 
opportunity to play for championship and may play their senior year. Are we seeing a bit of a log jam maybe with normally you're going to have X number of seniors graduate, move on, and X number of freshmen come in or transfers come in. Now all of a sudden, maybe there aren't as many positions to transfer or, or come into? Yes, yes. And that's one of the unintended consequences, as you said, uh, one of the cons of, um, you know, the NCAA implementing that availability. Um, you know, as you see, the, one of the big stories is, is the NCAA's transfer portal and how many uh, basketball student athletes were in there, uh, baseball student athletes as well. Um, so yes, that was definitely an unintended consequence there. So there's, you know, this it's it's not, you know, we, we had the, we had the COVID year. Um, you know, hopefully we're we're done with that. But you know, what are the effects? You know, three to five years down the line, maybe that's something that you know hasn't been, you know, flushed out as as much as some people should have. But um, you got to think about that as well. You know, down the line, what are some of these uh, consequences of making these decisions? So much that goes on behind the scenes that you don't know if you're just like the avid sports mm -hmm. fan. But now let's talk about the name image likeness. Mm -hmm. Wow, in a nutshell, <laughs> all of this, right? Mm -hmm. Can you expand a little bit about what this means for student athletes moving forward? Uh, what it quite simply, as of July 1st, uh, NCAA student athletes, all NCAA student athletes are able to benefit financially from the use of their names images and, and likenesses. Uh, student athletes are now now able to, to, to benefit monetarily from uh, from anything from from uh, from paid advertisements, um, uh, uh, promoting their own business ventures, companies, and also, uh, you know, public appearances, you know, those are some of the, the various uh, ways that student athletes can 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 benefit from uh, name, image, and likeness uh, as of July first. Now, one thing I think that needs to be clarified is is that the NCAA uh, has not passed any name, image, and likeness legislation as of yet. Uh, what we're seeing is sort of a mixture between uh, state laws that are now in effect um, and uh, many more state laws that will be in effect in the future, as well as some. Uh, interim guidelines that the NCAA has has put in place uh, a, a, as a way to uh, to kind of help pull these state laws that are in, that are into effect and make it as as easy of a process as as, as possible. So uh, right now the NCAA's interim guidelines are going to be in effect uh, until uh, the NCAA legislation that's currently tabled is is adopted or federal legislation. Is, is passed. So, um, so again, what the NCAA's interim guidelines does for those student athletes that are in states that don't have an effective law, it permits them to be able to take advantage of the name, image, and likeness, uh, just as any student athlete who was in a state with a state law would be able to. We're talking with Marlon Edge, Associate Commissioner of Compliance and Governance for the Western Athletic Conference. And Marlon, then they came out of the gate hot with uh, the NLI. Or, see, I, can't, I knew I'd say that NLI, National Letter of Intent. I, I, do, NIL. I, do, I do it all the time. <laughs> I do it all the time. Uh, where, where it was passed June 30, the, this, the, the, and then July 1, 1201, or stroke of midnight, we started seeing student athletes endorsing products uh, right off the bat, which I was a little surprised by. I didn't know that like it would be ready to go July 1. But uh, in terms of products, in terms of what, student athletes are allowed to endorse. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously there's there's usually guidelines or something in, in terms of what's allowed, what's not allowed. Are there any, is there anything in place right now? 
Yeah, and, and that's dependent on, on, on state laws that, that, that are in effect for, for those student athletes. Uh, for the student athletes, again, that are in states that do not have um, an, an effective law, uh, it is the responsibility of, of their institution to, to make policies and guidelines that these student athletes will follow in the interim until, again, a federal uh, law is passed or NCAA rules are passed, right? So, uh, so that's dependent on, on state laws and, and, and what's under uh, effect in those, in those certain states. Uh, generally, uh, you know, there are going to be products that uh, don't align with the mission and, and values of, of certain institutions. Uh, and then also that are in conflict with uh, uh, sponsorship deals uh, at, at an institution or other sort of, um, you know, deals that they may have in place. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so in that regard, uh, you know, certain products that are going to be, um, you know, under that umbrella are going to be impermissible for student athletes to, to, uh, to, to promote and, and or endorse. Uh, as part of the NCAA's rules that are being that are currently tabled, uh, now they do have uh, you know some 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 guidelines in in, in that regard uh, that would make that the, those uh, those products that would be impermissible to to endorse, and those fall in line with uh, NCAA rules in regards to uh, what's impermissible there. You know, uh, no promotion of of sports wagering companies or uh, companies that promote or endorse or sell. Uh, products that are on the banned substance list. So that's the direction that the NCAA is going with their legislation. Um, again, as of right now, it's just, you know, what's under the state laws. You know, it's, it's just a big gray area over pretty much everything. Um, but that's kind of how that's determined. Now, how is it working when it comes to school logos, school brands, wearing mm -hmm. those types of um, t-shirts, jerseys, et cetera? How does that work for student athletes in the schools? Right. And again, with no effective federal legislation or, or NCAA rules, uh, again, it's dependent on, on the state laws um, and, and what those or, or, or those policies that are implemented by uh, those institutions that are in states with no effective uh, uh, state law. So, um, again, with this proposed NCAA legislation, there is that that is addressed and it essentially says that uh, NCAA legislation would not permit uh, the use of institutional marks uh, for non-institutional name, image, and likeness activities and or promotions. So now when we go to the referencing of the institutions, uh, you know, again, you know, NCAA law does, does, does say that that'd be permissible to do. You can, you can uh, reference the institution uh, yeah. during your name, image, and likeness activities. Interesting, yeah, because uh, watching the NBA finals last night, you see Chris Paul doing his State Farm commercials. Obviously, he's not wearing a Phoenix Suns jersey or any reference mm -hmm. made to the NBA or the Phoenix Suns. But right. uh, you know who he is. <laughs> we know who he is, uh, and this will be interesting to see yeah. how everything is kind of navigated through mm -hmm. uh, in the near future. Talking with Marlon Edge, and uh, Marlon, uh, one of the other things, or like uh, Rachel alluded to at the beginning, you've had a lot going on this year, but <laughs> you're also uh, uh, run our student athlete advisory uh, committee, the SAC, uh, which mm -hmm. they meet every year, a couple times a year, and they discuss. I imagine this is probably a big issue uh, with the SAC. Obviously, big topic. yeah. Obviously, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, what what exactly is going on with SAC this summer? Hey, uh, you know, we're getting ready for for the for the summer meeting. It, again, it'll be uh, uh, done virtually, um, hopefully for the last time. But that meeting is 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 set for uh, July 29th through 30th. Again, that'll be uh, done virtually. Um, it's an exciting time for the for the SAC. Uh, 
you know, we got uh, uh, a bunch of new members with four new institutions. Uh, now in our conference, we have uh, an additional eight members. So that brings it up to about what, 26 student athletes. Wow. And uh, actually uh, student athletes from those four institutions, uh, you know, have been involved a little bit uh, at, at the turn of the year. We invited them to 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 the to the uh, to the Zoom meetings, the monthly Zoom meetings that the SAC had. So, and they've and they've uh, integrated very well. Uh, so it's going to be exciting to have our new uh, institutions be a part of this uh, new era uh, uh, in the conference and 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 uh, new era for our for our student athletes. Um, and additionally, with uh, Southern Utah as well joining uh, uh, next summer, that's, that's they'll, they'll be in, involved in that process as well. So, um, you know, some of the hot topics that, uh, you know, our student athletes will be talking about, uh, at the meeting, uh, later this month, obviously, again, name, image, and likeness, uh, you know, obviously with them being the affected party here, you know, we want to see what they, what, what their thoughts are, uh, how we can potentially as a conference come up with some, some, some sort of, um, you know, guidance, uh, or, or, or perspective. Um, so that's probably going to be one of the one of the one of the main topics there. Uh, other topics are going to include, you know, the 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 WAC SAC budget and how it can be uh, a better utilized to provide, um, you know, student athletes with with certain, um, I guess you could say certain, uh, I guess just certain certain uh, advantages. I guess you could say maybe that's the wrong word I'm looking for, but. Uh, how can we better, um, you know, put forward support? Support. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, so thank you. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> better support. You know, uh, uh, more opportunities mm -hmm. for for our student athletes, whether it be in the professional development space, um, you know, mental health space, uh, name, image, and likeness space. Now, you know, you know, what, whatever, however, we can we can adjust the budget to 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 provide them with those opportunities. Um, you know, uh, that, that'll be a, a big discussion as well. As always, you know, uh, uh, one of our uh, big uh, uh, things each year is mental health. Um, you know, and this, this year it taken in a little bit of a different direction and, uh, you know, uh, focus on mental health as you as student athletes are returning to potentially some are returning to campus uh, or just returning to some sort of normalcy on their campuses. So a return a return from COVID-19 type of focus on, on mental health and, uh, you know, uh, providing some, maybe some, providing some opportunities in, in, in that realm. Uh, some other topics we're looking at, obviously equity, diversity and inclusion, um, and also, um, you know, uh, continuing to, to find ways to better integrate our student athletes uh, at, the, at the conference governance level, as well as the institutional level. Uh, this past year with uh, the, the weekly um, video conferences that we have with our conference governance groups, uh, our student athletes had more of an opportunity to, to, to be in front of our uh, athletic administrators groups, our, our, our WAC council and our various other governance groups. And, uh, you know, that that bridge was 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 crossed and it was pretty successful in my eyes, you know, getting them in front of uh, these, these administrators. Uh, more often, except for once a year, at, at a, usually at, at a white mm -hmm. council meeting. So, uh, but continuing to find ways to, to, to better integrate them into the conference governance structure um, and hopefully within the institutional athletic departments. So those are some of the uh, uh, topics that uh, we'll be talking about amongst the other various 
uh, uh, topics. And Kat Harston, who we've uh, had in the studio here before from New Mexico State, recently got a, an appointment, and she was one of the people on those calls, as you're right. talking about. And I don't think that's the case with every conference in the country, if I'm not mistaken, that a SAC rep gets to sit in on these calls with the ADs mm -hmm. and actually gets to vote as well, has a, right. a voting share, just like the schools do. What a great opportunity for yes, Kat. Exactly, and, and she, she's utilized that opportunity uh, her as well as as the uh, former WACSAC uh, vice president Rachel Yu uh, from UTRGV. Uh, obviously, obviously, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, obviously. Uh, uh, Megan Claviter, the former mm -hmm. uh, uh, WACSAC representative to the to the to the national SAC. So now now Cat is going to step up into that role and be the conference's representative on the NCAA Division One uh, SAC. So that means that another another topic that we're going to have is mm -hmm. is 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 voting in a new president and, and 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 vice president to the group. So, but very proud of Kat. She's done an excellent job. She has a very uh, a commanding presence uh, when she does speak. She doesn't speak often, but when she does speak, she has a very commanding presence. Um, and we're all proud of her and look forward to what she's going to do nationally for the for the conference. So excited to see what she'll do. And I have one more question for the name and image likeness portion mm -hmm. of this. How or do you think that we will see a lot more social media presence from a student athletes now that they can kind of benefit off of this with a lot of it coming? You know, I'm picturing YouTube showing a lot more behind the scenes at schools and stuff like that. Do you mm -hmm. anticipate more? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Because I think that's something that we all can do. Mm -hmm. uh, well, they all can do. I mean, I'm, that's not that's not, <laughs> that's not my realm anymore, but that's something that they all can do. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's funny how, you know, I, I think that the, 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 the common misconception is that name, image and likeness is going to benefit those, the, uh, the, the star football, men's basketball student athletes. And, uh, you know, the, the research shows that, you know, that's not necessarily the case. While they may be, you know, one of those who, who will benefit the most, you know, it's, it's the student athletes that have that uh, social media presence are the, are the ones that, um, you know, ha have shown that they would benefit the most from name, image, and likeness. So, uh, you know, I think everybody has a phone, you know, everybody has some sort of uh, uh, a talent that they can put on, on social media. So it's going to provide uh, everybody that opportunity, I think, social media wise. One last question for you. Mm -hmm. How will schools have to kind of put the hammer down of being like, not everything can be recorded. You can't show you know, all aspects of this life because some of mm -hmm. these things do need to be kept private. Right, I mean, that goes back to, to, to uh, potentially state law, mm -hmm. NCAA laws, or um, you know, more importantly, institutional policies and procedures. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, a, that's, that's one of the topics that's gonna have to be addressed. It should be at the top of the list. Uh, you know, I think, I think institutions already kinda, um, you know, or they should be talking to their student athletes about, mm -hmm. uh, you know, being, 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 uh, a, a little less candid, I guess, mm -hmm. um, you know, with their, with their phones and, 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 and recording somebody. stuff. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. So I think that's, that uh, particular uh, area will be uh, uh, further addressed and you might be seeing some more policies and procedures uh, put in place by our institutions. Marlon, certainly very interesting stuff here. I want to thank you again for taking some time out and uh, want to thank our guests today. We had Fardaz Amak and Marlon Edge and want to thank you for listening to the WAC Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at waxsports.com.